everything that involves money in or money out, I have designed my practice to help you with. You are never going to be an, on an island by yourself. This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, teaching you each episode about holistic retirement plans. It's time for another Retire Happy Podcast. Walter Storholt here with San Diego's premier holistic retirement advisor, John Amarino, fiduciary financial advisor at Securus Financial, serving you throughout the San Diego area. You can find us online by going to gosecurus.com. That's gosecurus.com. John, ready for another great show today? I am. I am excited as always to talk finance and retirement. I don't know what we would do if you said you weren't ready for the show. Probably wouldn't have we would a just, show. It'd be, it'd be a very short show. I'd say, all right, well, we'll try again next time, and it'd be thirty seconds long. And well, it'd be, be like it, it'd be like when we were actually <laughs> supposed to record the show last week, and I wasn't ready for the show. That's true. So we just <laughs> put off recording for a few days. Right. So not a big deal. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, just thought it was funny. Like you're never not going to say I'm ready because if we're taping, you've already acknowledged you're ready to rock and roll. So. Yeah. In any event, kind of funny to chuckle about that. I think today's show is going to be great, John. In particular, I have some interest in this area that we're going to be talking about. Just personally, in addition to getting to interview great folks like you all across the country about finances and planning for retirement and all that kind of stuff, I also interview a lot of people that are in the mortgage world and uh, the real estate side, too. And having recently bought and sold a home over the last couple of years and now actually going through a home refi, Today's topic is going to be right up my alley for that. So I'm excited to get some information from you about these things. And we're going to be talking about some alternative things that we can do to supplement our assets. Maybe some things that can give us extra emergency money or potentially take advantage of this volatile time that we're in right now. And also, this time that we're in right now has granted us with these really low interest rates. And that presents some opportunities. And I think this is cool, John, because... Yeah, this isn't our typical retirement planning show, but as I said in the intro, you're a holistic retirement advisor, and I am almost 100% confident and sure that your clients often will ask you things that aren't directly tied to retirement, but they trust you and they turn to you for lots of different pieces of financial advice and information, and so I know you've broadened your horizons over the years to you know, maybe not be uh, a formal mortgage broker in any sense of the word, but you familiarized yourself with all these different topics that your clients are going to have on their minds. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I have, my clients are savvy. They're proactive. They're always thinking of ways to, you know, improve, you know, they might see something, they might send me an article and, and that's what I, you know, one of the things I love about them. But yeah, I've helped a lot of clients through refinancing over the years, especially this last year. I mean, what was crazy over the last year, I had four clients sell and buy new homes. And we're talking, I think the youngest of these clients were in their mid 60s. So, you know, there's a, a, a lot of different factors that go in. And, and because we're always planning for you know, mortgage payments and the what if scenarios, of course, they're going to reach out to me and ask for my advice. And, and, you know, part of the reason too is I always tell them, listen, everything that involves money in or money out, I have designed my practice to help you with. You are never going to be an, on an island by yourself. I have strategically 
developed partnerships that, you know, I don't get a kickback from any of these. And I tell them, this is, I've just developed good friendships and partnerships with people that are a resource that I know that I trust will do a good job to be a value add to you because that is what is most important to me. And, you know, like you said, you just went through a refi. I just went through a refi, you know, and I, I lowered my rate down to 2.75%. And, you know, we chopped off, uh, we were at four and we chopped off about, you know, 450 bucks a month, you know, off we, our mortgage. Uh, same boat, John, we did 275. We went from 5% to 275. Wow. So almost in half, big improvement. And we we decided to, and I'd be interested in your thoughts on this because it's something we went back and forth with a lot. We w- decided to go down to the 15-year because the interest rate reduction was so much, we're already used to paying almost the same amount for only a few hundred dollars more a month. We can cut 15 years off the mortgage. So we decided to go that route and go the 15 year. And I know you can do the whole, you know, invest the leftover of what you would save by going to the 30 year and that kind of thing. But I just felt like it'd be a good disciplined thing to bite the bullet on the 15 year and you're building that equity fast and and that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, Walter, it's always going to go down to if you've looked at the pros and cons of both, what you felt most comfortable with. When I always talk to people, you know, traditional planning, especially before the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, it was like, listen, more having a mortgage, you know, you get that tax deduction. Well, not everybody gets that tax deduction anymore, right? Because they're they're not exceeding the standard deductions. So sometimes paying off your house. Now, aside from just paying less in interest, is actually more conservative and better. The biggest thing I tell people, especially younger people, if you're looking at a 30 year, is you always have to look at how much is that principal. You know, is that principal taking up a vast majority of your expenses? So, you know, if that if the, if your 15 year mortgage in in the loan is 3500 and now you only have $400 a month in savings, you know, after other expenses. The one thing I tell people is that you 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 have to look at is what happens if there's an emergency? What happens if you lose your job? Or, you know, you have a COVID pandemic and I know, you know, your wife is a, in the medical field as a nurse and is essential. Thank you. And so she kept her job, but you know, there's so many other people that got furloughed or whatnot. The mortgage company is not going to care. I, I know they had those programs where you could suspend your mortgage payment, but then you owe a huge lump sum, you right. know, in 180 days. But if it, you know, if an accident happens, you know, and you're out of work and and you get furloughed or laid off, now you're on the hook for that three thousand dollar a month mortgage payment. The bank doesn't care. Equity is not yours until the house is sold. So. You know, sometimes, especially with younger people, you know, sometimes I'll say, you know, you have to consider that. You have to look at, listen, bad things happen. It's life. And if this bad thing happens, are you guys going to have enough of a comfort fund built up to be able to pay that higher rate? Yes, it's great. You're paying your interest off. Your The house is going to be yours sooner. All that is great. But you also have to look at the flip side. Whereas you could also get a 30-year, yes, your interest rate's going to be higher. But what if your mortgage payment was from $3,000 down to $2,000? But you decided, and we'll talk about this in an example a little bit later, it all, it all depends on how the loan's structured. Maybe you paid $2,800 and you paid down $800 extra the principal. And in such a way where you might be able to pay that loan off in 15 or 16 or 17 years. And you know, so the interest balance is, is 
fairly the same. But if you were to have an accident or something bad, like we had mentioned, happen, you're not on the hook for that three thousand. You're on the hook for that two thousand. So you know, there's always things that you have to consider. That you know, commonly, you know, I would have never considered that unless I took an asset preservation course. And you know, the other thing too is as you you know, let's say you're in year 10, you're, you're, you're 11 and you only have so much of your house left. And, and the majority of that house is truly, you know, yours. Do you need to increase your insurance amount and, you know, your coverage? I, I think I've mentioned this on the, on the show before, how I knew a person that I used to work with who basically had maybe like 15, $20,000 left to pay off their house. Wife's on the, the freeway, gets in an accident, it's a bad accident, she's at fault. It was an accident, you know, she wasn't texting or drinking or anything like that, it was just an accident. And of course, you know, lawsuits to pay for medical bills for the people that were, you know, the other two cars involved, it blew their auto insurance coverage out. They didn't have any umbrella coverage. And so guess what they had? A lot of equity in and what was primarily theirs was their house and they ended up having to sell their house. So, you know, if you're going to do that, you also want to really look at getting a good umbrella coverage, especially as you're paying more of your principal down in your house. So you're covered that way. So, you know, that's my my thoughts on the 15 year versus the 30 year. You just got to want to look at the what ifs, just like in anything. Yeah, the what ifs are important and you've got to make sure that you address them. You don't have to let them stress you out, but make sure you account for them in anything that you do. So we, we talked about wanting to focus on that now bucket, you know, some of the things that we can take advantage of right now. What else comes to mind in the midst of the pandemic and everything that's going on financially in the world right now where people can, some of the things we should be considering? Right. So we've, we've talked about that now bucket and we talked about our bucket strategies and, and we allocate our clients into three different buckets, right? The first bucket would be an immediate or a now bucket. And this is the bucket you're going to need access to within the next zero to 12 months. And the bucket after that is a soon bucket. Your time horizon is between one and 10 years. And then lastly, you have the later bucket, which is over 10 years, and that's meant for growth. And you know, we're just gonna really focus a lot today on the, the now bucket for this show. And in this bucket, like, like we said, you have to really plan for three things. One is any income that you're gonna need in the next 12 months. And for most of my planning, we use this part of the bucket for people, let's say they're retiring mid-year and they need an extra $20,000 to get them through the last six months. So they may allocate $20,000 to the now bucket. The second is if you have any plan expenses. So you're gonna do home repairs or remodel or buy a new car. So let's say you're gonna do $30,000 in home repairs you allocate a portion to that bucket. Then last is your emergency fund or your comfort fund. Typically, you want this comfort fund to be about four to six months worth of expenses. And I think people are getting a good gauge of that right now, you know, with the whole pandemic, how important your comfort fund is. But I tell people it's up to you, whatever makes you feel comfortable. So Let's say that's $25,000. You have that peace of mind that you can go to the bank and grab that money within a day. So if you totaled all those up, you're going to have $75,000 in the bank account. Now, 
Walter, you've heard me tell me that cash is the worst asset class you can be invested in because it's guaranteed to lose money. It will never keep up with inflation. But aside from the comfort fund, which will always be there throughout the years, and that's psychologically very important to have that comfort fund, for your planned expenses and your immediate income, we're only going to have that money there for a short time, and it's there to serve a specific purpose. And we're going to give up rates of return in lieu of having complete confidence that that money is there to fund the, that income stream or those projects. It's a trade-off. Yeah, exactly. Now, once you're into retirement, the now bucket is typically consistent of your comfort fund and perhaps some planned expenses. After the first year, your income stream and any inflation hedged for future years is going to come from that soon bucket. So we've got that established, and, and now you have your, your income and your budget all set up, and then you're going to look at those alternatives. And, and like we discussed earlier, right, you know, throughout the summer, you know, mortgage rates have gone, 30-year mortgage rates have gone between 2.75 and 3%. And I think, uh, you know, I've seen at times 15 years have been as low as, you know, almost 2.5%. That's phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, you know, talk to anybody who, you know, got their mortgage back in, you know, the 2000s or the 90s, you would have killed, absolutely killed for this, right? So a part of a planning opportunity for a lot of people right now is, you know, let's, you know, make the lemons the lemonade. You know, the market has kind of, and the economy has kind of forced, you know, rates down to zero. So if you're paying 0.75% or more than the current rate, it may behoove you to look at possibly refinancing your mortgage. And like we discussed, you have to take into several things into consideration, right? You don't want to have a 10-year mortgage and expand that mortgage into 30 years because you're going to be paying a whole lot more interest unless you want that extra capital, right? You're, okay, you know what? Uh, you know, you're looking at having an extra two or $300,000 of capital that you might want to buy something or you know, use it in a useful way, perhaps an investment property or whatnot. Sure, you, know, you might do a 30-year then. But in your case, you may also look at the potential of perhaps dropping down to a 15-year mortgage, especially if you only have 15 years left on your mortgage or maybe 13 years left on your mortgage. Or perhaps you want to do a 15-year or 30-year mortgage with the plan of paying off the principal quicker with the funds you are saving on the refi, right? And like we mentioned earlier, paying off the house was never a big tax break, was never a big planning because people would always say, oh, well, we get the tax break. And now that's kind of gone by the wayside, like we talked. So, you know, as a financial advisor, you know, some of the, the shift in ideology is, hey, sometimes it might be better just to pay off the house. So, you know, one way you could do that is, you know, say, for example, your current mortgage is at 4%. And let's say your your mortgage payment was $1,300 a month because you, you own your house in California, you know, forever, and you actually bought it at a rational price. Maybe you only spent two or $300,000, and now it's worth a million. So let's say you refinance. And let's say, for the sake of the example, you, you now go out and you refinance your current principal. So, you know, let's say you only owe 100000 off that $300,000 loan, and you refinance that at 2.75%. And, you know, let's say your new mortgage 
payment is, you know, dropping from $1,300 a month down to maybe like 700 or 600 or, you know, whatever it may be. But you keep on making $1,300 payments and that extra money is going towards the principal depending on how your loan is structured and whatnot, kind of like in, in the example we talked about earlier. Now you're going to pay off your house that much quicker or or you just pay the 675 or 775 dollars whatever your new mortgage rate is and you have an extra 500 600 dollars of spending money a month which may alleviate your need to deplete your assets especially in a time where the market's down so it gives you options another thing that you could also look at you know is perhaps funding other things like having better property and casualty, you know, it to help alleviate from the concerns of the example I said earlier, or to fund a long-term care coverage. Obviously, that might will cost more than three or four hundred dollars a month, but it can fund a portion of it just by refinancing. So you can use money for other things. And then another area where I will tell people to look at is always if you own a home look into getting a HELOC or a home equity line of credit. Now, let me make this clear. This is a line of credit. It's not a home loan. So in my example, I have a $75,000 line of credit. I have a four, I think, I believe it's about a 4.9% interest rate on it. I don't use that $75,000. My balance is zero. But if an emergency popped up or an investment opportunity popped up and I needed some money, I know I have access to that $75,000. Maybe I didn't have enough comfort fund. Now I have access to it. And why I always tell people to get these loans is because, as I said, the equity in the house isn't truly yours until you sell it. So let's say you had a job and you got furloughed off and now you need money. Well, guess what a home equity line of credit is? It's a loan. So they're going to want to see financials and you may not qualify for it. So don't wait until uh, the hurricane has hit your shores, Walter, to batten down the hatches. I believe if the hurricane's coming towards your house, you are well preparing in days in advance, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, it's very true. I have a little HELOC story for you. I don't know if, uh, if your listeners will find this interesting or not, John, but we used a HELOC to essentially help us move to our new home about two years ago without having to like sell the one home and buy the new home at the same time. So we had a decent amount of principal built into the original home. And so what we decided to do, because we didn't want to, with, with having two dogs and not wanting to go through the whole thing of like, well, what happens if we sell our home and then we go look for a home, you know, and then we need to rent an apartment or, you know, just all the complications that come along with that if you can't find a home fast enough. So we decided we wanted to buy first and then sell the other home so we could make the transition really smooth. So we actually had taken out a HELOC and we used the HELOC as the down payment on the new home and bought the new home and then listed the second home as soon as we bought the old home, moved our stuff in while we were going through the process of getting the, ha the home listed. And then as soon as it sold, we uh, used the proceeds from the sale of the old house to pay off the HELOC. And you know, then, you know, it was gone. So it was just kind yeah. of a cool, unique use of the HELOC. And it was our down payment for the next home. And I'm sure we're not the first people to obviously use that technique, but I thought it was pretty, 
pretty slick. Obviously, you take a bit of a risk, you know, having two mortgages and a HELOC kind of over top of your head that you've now utilized. But, um, you know, it all worked out really well. That entire thing, I think, cost us maybe $200. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was awesome. I mean, you talk about the alternative of having to stay in a in a hotel or, uh, you know, get an apartment and all the transition and moving twice and all the things right. that come along with it. So that's kind of neat. Well, and, you know, you brought up just it only costs us $200. You know, there's so many people that come in. And, again, and, and we've talked about this in our last show about it's just not all about investments. It's about making smart money decisions, sound money. And, you know, a lot of people that they've got a lot of money in their retirement, they're socking away for their retirement, they're very disciplined in it, but they're racking up credit card bills. And, you know, when I'm sitting here, I'm talking to these people and they're paying 18, 19% APR. And I'm trying to explain to them, you are never going to dig yourself out of that. I mean, it's going to get insurmountable. I, I kind of like, I liken our, you know, a credit card APR to our national debt. You know, so I always ask people, do you have a home equity line of credit? No, no, you, I didn't, you know, and they're actually a shock. You know, a lot of these people don't even know that, hey, that's really an option. You know, they, they've kind of always, well, I'm going to do a, re, a remodel, so I'm going to do a home equity line of credit. They don't know that, hey, you know, get the home equity line of credit. You can use it for whatever you want. Guess what? Put the $20,000 of your credit card at 20% APR to your home equity line of credit and pay 4.99%. Boom, I just made you money right there by just simply getting this line of credit. You know, and the other thing too is if you're going to do a home improvement, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act got rid of the interest on home equity lines of credit that you used to have to pay. It used to be tax deductible. They got rid of it except for home improvements. So if you're doing home improvements, you know, keep in mind that you can use a portion or all of that for a home equity line of credit and you can deduct that interest. So, you know, kind of a, a non-traditional planning topic, you know, that we talked about today, but I'll kind of let the cat out of the bag here. During the, the whole COVID epidemic, part of my uh, my OCD, because when it comes to my business, it's the last thing I think about, you know, aside from my family. And the first thing I think about, aside from my family, every day, you know, I, I lay in bed and I always think, what can I do to make my practice better? What can I do to improve my client's lives? How can I be a better advisor? And so for, and then, you know, when I wake up, I say, okay, my thoughts of last night, how am I going to do that today? How, what's the first step I'm going to take? And, you know, during the COVID, obviously, like any business, you know, we slowed down a little bit. You know, we're not meeting with people in person and whatnot. So we slowed down from the new business, didn't take away from our current clients. But one thing I did become is I, a, uh, I had reached a partnership with a financial planning software firm. And I'm one of the beta testers, one of a, a handful of advisors in the nation that's beta testing some very, very advanced technology that will allow me to expand my planning to stuff like with mortgages, where I can help my clients evaluate. And I don't have to be the expert. The software is going to give me the analytics. Of course, I'll be trained up on on certain aspects of it. But, you know, really expanding my ability to, to give sound financial advice backed up with numbers and recommendations that's been crowdsourced by mortgage experts or estate planning experts or health 
experts in, in a variety of areas, anywhere from you know health insurance to taxes and estate planning and you know mortgages and refis or buying you know whether you're buying a house and getting the loan that way or doing a refi so you know that's kind of uh, uh one thing that really sparked my interest to do this is because there is you know like i always say that's kind of been a mantra of mine investments are great we want to get you a good rate of return but man if i can save my clients money guess what i'm doing i'm increasing their rates of return in a controlled manner. So, you know, we're still in the early stages of that. I'm, I'm hoping within uh, six months to a year, we're really going to have that software dialed down and it's going to be a big part of my planning process. A dollar saved is just as good as a dollar earned, as the old saying goes. And this is a great illustration of that, I think, on today's show. Sometimes it's not all about, hey, what rate of return can I get? It's, hey, well, well, let's focus on all these different areas because maybe there's a way that you can save thousands of dollars a month in what you need for retirement by making some adjustments here and there. And boom, all of a sudden the retirement picture can become much clearer. So why not do that analysis and that homework and that uh, housekeeping, if you will. So this was fun covering a lot of different uh, pieces and a lot of different ground on today's show. If you need any help or guidance on anything that we've talked about today, remember it doesn't always have to be directly about retirement. If you have a financial question for John and want to tap into his perspective, you can do so by calling 858 935-6210. That's 858-935-6210. And always online at gosecurus.com. And we'll put links in the description of today's show to get that contact information. Well, John, thank you for the help and the guidance on the show. And uh, we'll have another good episode lined up next time around. Absolutely. It's a pleasure as always sitting across the nation from you talking on a microphone. <laughs> you got it, man. Uh, we, we were doing social distancing before it was in vogue. So That's right. We, we were ahead of the curve there. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. For John, I'm Walter. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retire Happy Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Securus Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Amarino and guests on this radio show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered.